Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired Baltimore police sergeant. In the Law Enforcement Today radio show, we are joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, their families, and the community. We'll also be discussing issues in the news from the perspective of those in law enforcement. Check out our daily articles on our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. And while you're there, download our free app. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook. Search for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. The Law Enforcement Today Radio Show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed veterans and first responders treatment program offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. Calling us from North Carolina, we have Kay Reyna on the phone. Kay, thanks so much for joining us on the Law Enforcement Today show. Thank you so much for having me, Jay. And it's been a while. We've been trying to work this out ever since about last April. I met Kay Reyna and her husband, retired North Carolina State Trooper Umberto Reyna, at the Wounded Officers Initiative Gala back in Orlando. I believe that was April of last year. I'm so glad we finally get to get you on the show because this is a conversation that we really need to have. And I understand that a lot of things had to happen before you were able to do this. So thanks so much. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Before we go into the details uh, about what happened, I want people to understand something. Your husband is alive. He's a retired North Carolina State Trooper. He suffered traumatic brain injury. He's not able to talk for himself. So you're going to be talking about what has happened to him. You're going to be talking about how that has affected him and your family and what has been happening with the state of North Carolina and particularly North Carolina State Police and their treatment of you and your husband. People need to know the injuries are that severe that this is the only way the story can be told. Yes. And, and yeah. it's the hard part is, and I, I was talking with you know someone else we both know, April Phillips, about her husband, Richard Phillips, a retired Pennsylvania police officer with traumatic brain injury. And that when I met you and I met Umberto and I met them, at first glance, you know, Umberto seems fine. He's a very physically fit guy. You think, man, this guy's got it going on. And then when you see the interactions that you have to have with your husband, you realize. Outwardly, he looks fine, but there's severe brain damage that's occurred. Yes, yes. I think that for some reason there's a misconception that if you're not in a wheelchair, if you're if you're able to walk around, that there's nothing wrong with you. But brain and you're injury, right. I think you're yeah. 100% correct. That we And I fall into that category of thinking sometimes, too, thinking, uh, you know, what's wrong with that guy? Yes. And the brain is so significant to all of your life 
And even I've heard recently, even for like dementia, they should die. They should not call it dementia. They should call that brain failure, because people are not really aware of the catastrophic life. You know what it does to your life if you do have a brain injury or if you have dementia or cognitive deficits that you can't outwardly see because you're not in a wheelchair. You're able to walk around, but you're still you know, not able to function in everyday life alone. It requires assistance. Yeah. And unfortunately, it sounds like you've had to become an expert in the field of traumatic brain injury, dementia, and everything else that goes along with it. It's been a journey for sure. Yeah. And, you know, here's one of the the things that, that I find myself getting stuck in, and I know a lot of other people do too. We tend to think of the brain as, you know, mental, willpower, think your way out of it, suck it up, buttercup, all that stuff. And our brain is really an organ, just like our heart's an organ, our lungs are an organ, you know, our liver's an organ. And when that organ is damaged due to a traumatic injury, you can't think your way into healing it. It it doesn't work that way. It's like trying to tell your heart to beat differently. Right. The brain is very complicated, and it regulates a lot of the bodily functions, even your temperature and just all kinds of things that the brain does. I mean, it it, it controls your eyes, the eye teaming, so that you can see an object. It controls so many things that we just don't think about. Your general thoughts, your, your cognition, how aware you are of your environment, what you think is safe or not safe. You're just not thinking with your full capacity. And unfortunately, your husband, Umberto, went through a terrific, traumatic accident while working that has damaged him permanently. Let's, let's talk about the day that this occurred. Well, I'll never forget the phone call. I had uh, just arrived at work, and I received a phone call that he had been in an accident. And it actually, another state trooper happened by and stopped and actually called and said that they were working on him. He was still in the car at the time. They couldn't. They wouldn't tell me anything. And then they told me they were going to take him to a certain hospital, and then they called right back and told me they were taking him to the hospital that had the trauma unit. So I had to drive to Chapel Hill to the hospital to see how he was. And, of course, I had no idea how he was. So on that morning, it was raining, and he was investigating a collision on the interstate. And someone rear-ended him at 75 miles an hour. It pushed the trunk into the back seat, and it hit just a little bit on the driver's side, just enough to spin him back out in traffic. So he was way on the grass. He wasn't even in a lane. There were four lanes, an on-ramp, an emergency lane, and then the grass. He was way over in the grass. She came over all four lanes across the ramp, across the emergency lane, and rear-ended him at 75 miles an hour. And I say this because it's realistic. The man that I knew that left that morning, he did not come home. Someone that resembled him came home because mm-hmm. it was a night and day difference. When we talk about an accident, we're, talking, we're not talking about a fender bender. We're talking about a significant accident. Yes. One where people I mean, it, oftentimes are killed. Yes. And the highway patrol doctor told me, He had a wonderful highway patrol doctor there that took care of all the state troopers. He said it was a miracle he lived. And it probably, he said it was because he was in such good physical shape 
that he his body absorbed the impact. Mm-hmm. And he did live. And what they say on the news is that you have an officer that has a non-life-threatening injury. Right. But that doesn't mean that it was not a life-altering injury that changed the course of his life and the entire family. Absolutely. And they never go into details or, or rarely go into details of that. I do know in your case... Stations like WRAL have followed you, and I applaud them for doing that because most that I know of don't. They they end the story that the the officers' injuries are not life threatening, and that's it, and they don't talk again about it. Uh, one of the things that amazed me, and I do have to jump in here. Okay, you were notified by a telephone call. Yes. You mean they okay. didn't come? They didn't have an officer come to your establishment or where you work. And, and drive you to the hospital? They called you by telephone? Well, they probably would have, but I got a phone call from a, um, it was a, somebody that was off duty that happened to come on the accident. And I actually got a phone call that way and just telling me that he had been in an accident and where they were taking him. So I heard later that maybe somebody did come by work, but I was gone because I hit the door okay. when I heard that he was injured so they probably do that well that's standard procedure and 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 when it's a life-threatening situation you don't do the notifications over the phone uh you you show up and you drive the spouse to the hospital because we know that they're upset we know that they're not in the right frame of mind we don't want them you know putting themselves in a situation where uh, their life can be jeopardized even more so we make sure they're transported to the hospital so i'm glad to hear that they did show up and having met you, I understand why you got in the car and beat feet and uh, took off. We're going to take a short break. You listen to Law Enforcement Today's show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Epidemic. America's public health crisis. These are all terms that describe the current problem of drug and alcohol abuse in the United States. Countless lives are lost and heartbroken families are too many to count. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to saving lives. Call 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has many acclaimed treatment programs offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. And online at transformationstreatment.center. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS, and they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy, and I'm happy too. 
Thanks, tax doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-663-5107. 800-663-5107. That's 800-663-5107. I'm probably okay to have one more drink before I drive home. I'm probably okay. I open the window to stay alert. Probably okay. I just popped some gum in my mouth. Step out of the car, please. I probably made a mistake. Probably okay isn't okay when it comes to drinking and driving. If you see a warning sign, stop and call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzzed driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. When you have a chance, be sure to go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and download our free mobile app. We have a version for your Android and iPhone devices. It's 100% free. Get it at lawenforcementtoday.com. The Law Enforcement Today radio show has grown so much and so rapidly, we now have two Facebook pages. You can do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today radio show. That's a new page. Be sure to click like when you get there and follow. In addition, we have our main page, which is Law Enforcement Today. So do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today and be sure to click like and follow that one as well. Back to our conversation with Kay Reyna calling from North Carolina. Her husband, retired North Carolina State Trooper Umberto Reyna, was injured severely in a car accident in his patrol car and his cruiser was rear-rendered by a vehicle that was going 75 miles an hour catastrophic damage uh and where we left off he was taken to a a trauma hospital how how bad were his injuries initially did they think he may not live no they really thought he was okay i think well the thing about it was they really tried to get him out of the hospital pretty quick and i i don't know what the cause was of that obviously i could tell something terrible was wrong with him i don't know if it was the workers compensation system i don't know what caused it but eventually his workers compensation doctors diagnosed him with traumatic brain injury cognitive deficits he has dementia he requires 24 7 care and supervision he has double vision because of eye teaming issues super sensitive hearing super sensitive smell spasticity on the right side of his body, nerve damage on the right side of his body, orthopedic issues in both shoulders. It tore his right shoulder 90% off. Uh, He has post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, and complete personality change, among other issues. So he has significant issues that we were discharged from the initial hospital within three days with the understanding my understanding was we had an appointment in five days for a rehab assessment but workers compensation would not approve the rehab assessment so he did not get to go the workers compensation insurance for the state of north carolina for the north carolina state police would not approve a rehab assessment no they did not it took me 13 months to get him back into a brain injury uh, facility. They put him back in at 13 months for 15 days to do a huge assessment. Now, at about, I want to say seven months, they did do a neuropsych test, which shows how much brain injury you have. And he significantly 
had significant brain injury. I mean, the testing was bad. Even then, when we had the neuropsych testing, I got a call from the workers' compensation nurse that told me that we were not going to be allowed to go back for the results, that they tested him, but that we were not going to get a return appointment for the results. So I called the doctor's office myself and said, please do not cancel the appointment. I want to come in and hear what's wrong with him. I knew something was terribly wrong with the man. I mean, he couldn't see when we got home. This room was spinning. He was sitting in the dark. You couldn't touch him. There was so many terrible things going on. He wasn't talking. He was like in slow motion. It, it was horrible. I can't. I kept saying something's terribly wrong with him, and they told me that he would spontaneously recover within six weeks. That's what the workers' comp nurse kept saying. He's going to spontaneously recover within six weeks. That so was, a year that later, was, that was a nurse that said that, not a doctor. Yes, a nurse that kept, you know, saying that he was going to spontaneously recover. But they did. It took about six months for them to put his shoulder back together because they made him do. They would not do an MRI. Uh, because I talked to the doctor about that, and they weren't going to go on a wild goose chase. And uh, they finally did an MRI at six months and found that his shoulder was 90% ripped off. It ripped his muscle and his ligament and his right arm. And it also ripped the shoulder on his left I, arm. I got to right interrupt one, you there. They, yeah. the, the MRI is like one of the first tests you, you have done. I've had uh, shoulder surgery for a rotator cuff. It was an old line of duty injury from many, many years ago. And, and all, right. almost all police I know have some old chronic injuries. But one of the first things they did after meeting the doctor, he goes, I suspect there's a rotator cuff tear. I suspect there's other things. Let's get you an MRI to confirm it. And that was the first thing they did. Well, they didn't do that with him. And I knew he was in excruciating pain, but he was had a very flat effect. He wasn't I knew he was in bad pain. I knew something was terribly wrong with him. He wasn't able to use that arm well. They made him go through physical therapy with his arm that way, and then they finally decided That's to like do an torture. MRI. It is torture. They it's told the most me later that painful thing I've I've ever had, and I I know yeah. people that had a physical therapy from rotator cuff surgery that had to have heavy duty painkillers just to do that, and it, it it is brutally bad. They said that he didn't express that he was in pain, but. The man had a brain injury, and he wasn't expressing hardly anything. But you could tell that he was not well. And had they done some earlier testing, but they, you know, they didn't. Nevertheless, they didn't. They, as soon as they did the MRI, they had him in probably within a week to get his arm fixed. But that took six months. And so then we're 13 months out to get into the real brain injury doctor who puts him in the hospital for 15 days and does extensive testing on him to determine what he will need. And at that point, when we were 13 months out, and I didn't leave him, I stayed at the hospital. I slept in the chair beside him because he couldn't be by himself and couldn't take care of himself. He was just not right. So I stayed with him. But I felt at that point that we might be getting somewhere because the doctors had a plan and they were what they were, they knew he needed. And the social worker assured me that he would have this care set up before he was discharged, that they would be in communication with workers' comp. And and during the time we were there, uh, the workers' comp, they didn't even come to any of the appointments. And I had phone calls from the nurse trying to get me to discharge him, trying to get me just to take him home. And she specifically told me he wasn't even allowed to have any testing while he was there. This is crazy. Well, this is absolute crazy. This is a man who is a, a North Carolina state trooper. Yeah. 
injured in the line of duty. And I wish I could say that this is unusual. It doesn't happen. This kind of thing happens far more often than not. And it's widespread. It's all across the country. And uh, I, I say this all the time. We hear, and, and I despise when I hear this, we hear politicians say all the time, you know, it's these greedy corporations that will, will not take care of their people. And, yeah. and they won't deal with a lot of duty injuries when the reality is almost every corporation I know of takes better care of their people than the cities, the counties, and the state governments do. Right. It's, it's really, when I got home from the hospital, I called in to um, workers' compensation because I was saying, where are his services? You know, you have the list from the doctor of what he's going to need. And she point blank told me that he was that workers' compensation was not going to take care of him for the rest of his life, that I was to leave him home alone and go back to work myself. They were not going to do anything that the doctor said. So at that point, I was devastated. I'm going to tell you that the injury was bad, but the injury was an accident. What they did to my husband was on purpose. Right. And I, so I wrote the governor a letter, uh, an email, and I kind of begged for help. And the next thing I know, that the highway patrol was calling me, calling me into the main office and to talk to me. I really thought that they were calling me in to help. And when I got in there, there was a major and a lieutenant, and the first thing out of their mouth was, you married your husband for better or for worse. And they had the list from the doctor from the hospital, and they told me point blank he was not getting the care. They didn't know what kind of care he was going to get, but he was not going to be getting the care that was on that list. And I said, well, what happened to, and I said, well, I realized that I married him for better or for worse, and here I am. I said, but he was your employee, and he got injured in the line of duty. I said, what happened to the Highway Patrol family? Right. And because I remember when he went in, we had this big, you know, introductory thing about the Highway Patrol family and how wonderful it was. And the and he looked at me, and he said, well, that's just a misconception. So at that point, I just didn't know what to do. And, of course, you have to get attorneys involved in everything. Yeah. And I think at that point is when I got the second attorney that we that we had to get. But I think the whole problem is that workers' compensation, while it may have been a good program to begin with, and I don't know, I have to believe that when it first started, it, it had its it was started to help people. But at the present moment, from what I can tell that workers' compensation does, and you have to go to their doctors, you don't even get to choose your own doctor. I mean, you lose your ability to go to the doctor you want to go to because they choose who you go to. But these are all their workers' compensation doctors saying he needs all this care. But what we experienced, or I experienced, because Umberto can't advocate for himself. I have to do it. You do it. There's so much information that you're going to go into. I know little bits of it, but you do not want to miss this, folks. This is a story of North Carolina State Trooper Umberto Reyna and his wife, Kay Reyna. He's severely injured in a line of duty accident and not receiving the best care from the state of North Carolina. Here's some law enforcement today. Share with a short break. We'll be right back. Remember in the beginning, when you first started to build a life for you and your family, you never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. 
Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. If you owe $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you qualify to receive a free, no-obligation consultation on how to get rid of that debt for good. Call the Debt Helpline now. We work on your behalf to reduce your debt. We specialize in credit cards, retail store cards, and medical bills. One simple call is all it takes to get the ball rolling to a debt-free life. Stop living with debt and start living your dreams. Call the Debt Helpline now. 800-948-6817 That's 800-948-6817 You don't see as well as you used to, and it's getting worse. You're not sure where to turn for support. Wondering what's next? Vision loss doesn't have to hold you back from living the life you want. The National Federation of the Blind can help, whether you're blind or experiencing vision loss. Visit nfb.org to connect with people in your community and get support. The National Federation of the Blind. Live the life you want. When you have a chance, be sure to go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and download our free mobile app. We have a version for your Android and iPhone devices. It's 100% free. Get it at lawenforcementtoday.com. This is the Law Enforcement Today show. Joining us on the phone from the great state of North Carolina, we have Kay Reyna talking about the, the horrible line of duty injury that her husband, North Carolina State Trooper, retired Umberto Reyna, received when he was catastrophically struck in the rear at a, by a high-speed vehicle in a, a line-of-duty accident and has left him permanently changed with traumatic brain injury, dementia, some other issues, which we will talk about a little bit more. Before we do that, Kay, I want to talk a little bit about your husband's career with the state police. How long was he on the job before the accident? He was on the job eight years, and he absolutely loved his job. He loved serving the citizens of North Carolina. He took great pride in his job. And he wasn't he just a state trooper. He was he was highly recognized, and, and some would say he was a poster child for the North Carolina State Police. Well, he was. He was their Hispanic state trooper that they put on all their brochures, their posters, brochures. They sent him to the Hispanic festivals, to the state fair to represent the Hispanic community to reach out to them. And they were they appeared to be extremely proud of him while he was working there. I mean, it, it's total night and day that while he was there, they were proud of him. They sent him all over the place to represent them. But then one, once he was injured... I mean, the whole world turned upside down, and the nightmare that ensued is just unbelievable. In fact, they don't have anything to do with him today. No we never one, got... No one from I, the, the state police stops by and say, has, says hello? Nobody? No. They never shook his hand and said, thank you. I have asked a couple of the colonels, maybe not the president when I don't even know who's the colonel now, to meet him to say thank you to shake his hand I, I begged the governors two governors to do the same thing and they won't do it either the bad thing is so they don't even want to support their injured trooper but we've had a couple of other um, instances where one time we somebody applied for a grant for us because I had some issues with my home with my floors and things and 
But so we won a grant through Verizon, and they were going to come out and repair our home. But when they contacted the Highway Patrol, the Highway Patrol told them we didn't need any help, and they would not confirm it. And then they said, well, we'll do Christmas. And then they said, no, we'll do Christmas. Well, we never got Christmas. And I'll be honest with you, I still have a car jack that is holding up my bathroom floor because I haven't been able to fix it. I did try to get a contractor to fix it, and then they tried to take advantage of me because of my situation. And uh-huh. It's still there, but the point is they so don't need to we do this, we gotta, but Any reputable contractors in North Carolina, what part of North Carolina are you in? We live in um, between Greensboro and Chapel Hill. Okay, if you are a reputable contractor that, that we're not looking for a freebie case, but if you can help Kay Reyna and her husband, Umberto Reyna, retired North Carolina State Trooper, horribly injured in line of duty with some home repairs, contact me here at the radio station, and I'll put you in touch with Kay and her husband. Just send me an email. It's J, J-A-Y at lawenforcementtoday.com. You can get our website, the Contact Us page, uh, our Facebook page, whatever. Contact me and I'll put you in touch. We need to remedy that situation. Because what I find, Jay, is even if there are programs out there, you have to have, the department has to acknowledge your existence and that you were actually injured. And there have been multiple times that I have asked for them to sign certain documents just saying he was injured, not even agreeing with his injuries but saying he was injured in the line of duty and they have refused to sign that and so it kind of it's baffling. if you don't want to help him and you don't want to acknowledge his existence don't keep other people from helping us i don't know what happens when they call it it's really been very difficult to deal with because he didn't do anything wrong. He was doing his job and he was injured protecting the citizens of North Carolina and he loved his job. And I never in a million years, and I think this is a good reason to have this show, is because most of the public in the United States believe that when an officer is injured in the line of duty, that they're going to be taken care of for the rest of their lives. They're going to get medical care. They're going to be taken care of. I mean, you don't hear of people raising funds for injured officers because I think they think that the company or the organization is going to take care of them. They're going to be set up for the rest of their life. And that's simply a misconception. It is not true. And it this is, is not just happening to, to my say, husband. It's not, it's, it, it is not true. And almost everyone I know, myself included, had to fight the, the jurisdiction. And I want to defend the departments. I really do. Uh, in my case, it wasn't the police department. It was the city of Baltimore. Uh, it was the state of Maryland. I had to fight with lawyers to get... Uh, you know what I was entitled to and so many other people who've been injured far worse than I have are going through absolute nightmares and this has been going on since the 1970s that I know of well you know Jay it seems like workers compensation their job is to not to deny care to delay care and then if they approve for the care they don't pay for the care I mean we we right now I know they're not paying for his care. I've heard they're not paying for his care, and I've heard the company that's providing part of his care has not been paid in a very long time, and they're having to get an attorney to try to get the state to pay them. I mean, I live with the possibility that I'm going to get a phone call that says, we're cutting off your husband's care, 
because we're not getting paid. I mean, right now, I can't even get a pair of eyeglasses for him unless the state pays for that ahead of time. They won't even let us, they won't even order them because they haven't paid them before. Multiple times his vision therapy was canceled. I mean, right out, even though he wasn't finished because the state was not paying for it. I don't know if it's the state or workers' compensation. I don't know what the problem well, is, if but you the bills me, are not getting paid. If you ask me, the workers' compensation insurance is hired by the state. So their yeah. agents for the state, uh, or the, in your case, the state would be city, county, it doesn't matter. They are a representative of that that jurisdiction, and therefore the jurisdiction. If you ask me, I would tell you that they are ultimately responsible for what their agents do. So you right, you live in a state of not knowing what kind of care you're going to get because businesses and companies. They can't provide care for free forever. No, they can't. And I don't blame them. They can't do it. They've got employees to pay. They've got expenses to pay. They've got mouths to feed. They've got all that, too. And I know that just from a, you know, you and I live on a budget or whatever. When they don't reimburse my mileage from taking him to the doctor, which they're a couple of months behind right now, then I don't have gas money to take him. So just not having the funding to come in when it's supposed to. Them not paying for his care to the other people and they not knowing for sure about that. You know, having to, for every little thing, beg for it, plead for it, you know, cry for it, whatever it takes. But you, workers' compensation doesn't think about these injured people as people. In fact, I've heard to my face that he's nothing but a folder and he's a drain to the state's economy. And I don't feel that's what he is. I feel that my husband was injured protecting the the state. Yeah. Protecting the citizens of North Carolina. And no, he's not. He lived and he deserves to have a life. We all all owe him a a debt of gratitude. And there's there's a financial debt, too, that has to be paid. And he didn't ask to be injured like this. You didn't ask for him to be injured like this. No. Uh, It's been a really long How long has this been going on? He was injured on um, November 23rd, 2009, and I miss him so much because, you know, we were high school sweethearts. We had been married 20 years. We're now been married 29, and though I have him here, and I'm, I want people to hear this in the right way, but if you've ever taken care of anybody with dementia or Alzheimer's or anything like that, you do know that they change, and they're not the same person they used to be. And I miss him so much. And most marriages don't make it through this, but I absolutely cannot give up on him. I just cannot do it. But it makes it even more difficult when you have to struggle through getting their care. You don't know what's going to happen. If something happened to me, I have no clue what would happen to my husband if I wasn't constantly advocating for him. The fact that you're not even recognized in your state for, I mean, there was no retirement, no nothing. The governor refuses to see him, not the new one. Two governors refused to even see him. And I called multiple times, and the last time I called, the woman told me that it was a very delicate situation. I There's said, nothing well, I'm delicate about this. I, what, and I, I'm thinking, why is he not being honored for his service? Okay, he was injured. We're going to return to our conversation okay. with Kay Reyna in just a few moments. You're listening to Law Enforcement Today's show. We'll be right back. 
Do you owe back taxes to the IRS? News flash, the president has changed the tax laws. And now, you may be able to pay the IRS less. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, the tax doctor can help you pay the IRS as little as possible allowed by law. There are new tax laws for business owners, the self-employed, even W-2 workers. If you have a back tax problem or a few years of unfilled returns, new help to save you money is now here. Call right now to see how the new tax tax laws can help you. Plus, right now, we'll waive the consultation fee and give you a free tax savings report. Attention business owners, the self-employed, and W-2 workers. Make this free call to the tax doctor now and learn how to take advantage of the new tax laws that may help you pay the IRS less. 800-663-5107. 800-663-5107. That's 800-663-5107. I'm a retired school psychologist, and helping people was my thing. After my stroke, when Meals on Wheels started, I was on the other end of the stick, so to speak. My name is Julius Gaines, creative writer, poet, photographer. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Are returning to the conversation with Kay Reyna, whose husband, Umberto Reyna, retired North Carolina State Trooper, severely injured in a line of duty accident. And I, I'm trying not to say this in a way that sounds uh, insignificant, but he, he suffered traumatic brain injury, dementia, PTSD, tremendous shoulder injuries. And I, I have to give my personal experience. I did meet you and I did meet your husband, Umberto. And and I said earlier in the interview, when you first see him, he's like, he seems like an incredibly fit man. And right. then I realized, and I don't know how to say this in a way where it, I don't want it to come across wrong, but you have to guide him. You have to hold his hand or walk him around into a room where he didn't know people because he doesn't see that well. And it's just... The, the, well, he, the he, physical he effects of him are, are tremendously... They're dramatically, horribly bad, what's happened to them. And I can't yeah. believe that the state of North Carolina is not taking care of you. I just, that's like adding insult to injury. Well, you know, I have to say right now, they haven't cut off this, this company that is providing care. has not cut it off yet, but I know they've not been paid. And that concerns me that they're having to get an attorney to have to try to, to get that because that affects his life and keeping him on a very strict routine is of the utmost importance when you have brain injury so I keep him on a very strict and tight schedule and one of the things that I think they've also kind of held against us that we were in the hospital and he was basically doing nothing but standing up against the wall I mean he was just not doing well the doctor said well what did he do prior to being injured, you know, other than being a law enforcement officer, what did he like to do? And I said, well, he loved to golf and he he liked to swim. And they said, well, that's what we need to try to get him back out to do because he lost all of his social skills. He lost everything. So they sent me home from the hospital. I had to go home and get a bathing suit for him. And I went right back with the bathing suit and they put him in the pool there at the hospital because part of recovering is try to recover with what you have left. Right. I mean, he's not dead yet. Okay, so you try to recover with what you have left, but what I discovered was is they kind of held that against him because they did not want him out on the golf course. They did not want him 
doing going out, you know, at the Y. They even hired a nurse to come to try to get the doctor to say he wasn't allowed to be at the golf course, allowed to be at the Y. And I was there when she said it. And the doctor would not sign it. And I said, are you trying to tell me that if you got this doctor to say he's not allowed to golf and he's not allowed at the swimming pool or anything like that, that he wouldn't be able to go? And she said, that's exactly right, just like if they tell somebody they can't drive. So I think they've held it against him that, well, number one, I believe because he lives, he deserves to have a life. And if you look at the veteran groups, they do a much better job of their brain, taking care of their brain-injured people in, absolutely. in general. Absolutely. You are because, absolutely 100% correct. You because know, our, they have programs all over the country right. that gets them back out in adaptive sports. But there's absolutely nothing out there for injured officers, which is why I started a nonprofit, Operation Homeland Honor, because I discovered there wasn't anybody that would take him because he was an injured officer. So... The problem is we've got big problems with workers' compensation. I really want to make a plea to President Trump, really, because he's gotten into the VA to try to get the veterans more care. And what we need is somebody that will look into the workers' compensation system to say, look, you're not going to do this to our injured officers. Because I know that I've heard, I'm on the news, I've seen President Trump. He's a big supporter of law enforcement. He he is. At least that's my observation, too. I don't think he's aware of all of these things that are going on. And this is happening across the country with injured officers. And they're not getting the care they deserve. He stepped in and said the VA's got to change. And I know veterans have have suffered as well by not getting their care, but we have law enforcement also that are protecting us here right at home. They're not getting their care they deserve. And in the meantime, while that's being worked on, we really need to support organizations that will help injured officers and support them. If you're born with a disability, you have special Olympics. If you're a veteran and you get disabled, there are tons and tons of programs for injured veterans. But if you're a law enforcement officer, there seems to be something wrong with you trying to rebuild a life on adaptive sports. And if that is all my husband has left, then this is my opinion. He deserves to have a form of life, regardless if he has to have somebody there with him all the time, which he always has to have somebody with him. He can't do anything without somebody else. But blind people can ride tandem bikes with a guide. Right. Why can't you have an injured officer have a guide and be supported by their department and their state? Because they should be proud that he lived. And number one, he's not giving up. And number two, he's not standing up against the wall. But another thing I think they hold against him is because I have had him out. I have devoted my life to making sure he has one. I've noticed the injured officers don't have these opportunities. I've started this nonprofit. The other thing that's come out of this is I've written six books to help caregivers that are available on Amazon. Hold on. I'm going to slow you down. You've written how many books? I wrote six books because this caregiving experience is extremely, it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. And I would not have made it through this. Let me, number one, say I want to thank God for helping me through this because God has been with me every step of the way, and he's really, um, by his grace, have we survived through this, this all this tragedy. And all it's this really did been, not been a, a, a tremendously complicated, a tremendously unbelievable ordeal. But I know that it this really has is. happened. You know, you'd think you'd say, and I'm going to go back to the point you made earlier. 
you know, back when I was a, a young officer, they said, if something happens to you, we'll take care of you. We've got your back. We'll take care of your family. You know, if an officer was killed in the line of duty, we all knew what federal benefits they'd get, what insurances they'd get, what pay they would get. Uh, we all knew that they would be taken care of financially. But it turns out that when a lot of us were severely injured, we didn't get backed up the way they promised. And the, the entire situation for our families afterwards, I say our, I mean all of us that have been through this, has been unpredictable, unfair, and and all their families would have been better off if financially and probably some degree emotionally if, if the officer had died. And it's true. I, I've heard more than one say that they would have been better off had they died, just meeting other injured officers. I've often thought to myself, if I had known what they were putting us through and our children, I mean, we had private investigators that they hired to follow our children. They followed us. I watched videos and following our girls, friends of our girls. My, son, my husband wasn't even with them. They hired all these private investigators to do that. Now, if they have the funding to pay workers' compensation, to pay workers' compensation nurses, to pay workers' compensation adjusters, to pay private investigators, then they have the funding to pay for these officers for what they actually do need. They, they could pay for their care versus paying for all of this other stuff that they pay for that doesn't help the injured party. And it's they often say, well, there's people that are faking, blah, blah, blah. Well, that, I just I'm, don't even believe that. I think that's faking. an easy... There but, could be. But some of them seem to get... a very small they, amount. They seem to get... The, the fakers seem to get the, the benefits without a problem. Well, I've, I've seen that, too. You know, I haven't seen that personally, but I've heard that. And, you know, it's, it's a shame that... And I'm sorry, not one of his workers' compensation doctors... Uh, they all agreed that he had a brain injury and they needed 24-7 care. Look, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a specialist. I'm not a you know, paramedic. I can tell when I met your husband within moments that, that there was there was something catastrophically wrong with him. And I'm not saying it to be mean. And, and you know, no, the part true. is I wanted, I wanted so much to go say hello, but it was like yeah. I didn't know how to have that conversation. And and this is why I try to defend police because I know a lot of us will say, I'm afraid of saying the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing, so we just don't even say anything at all and, right. and just ignore them, so to speak. And that's how I yeah. felt when I met, I was able to talk with you, but I was not able to have that conversation with your husband. And it was, I felt guilty afterwards. Right. Well, and it's a hard situation because you. Many people do not know what to do. In fact, he doesn't have the, any friends that he used to have because, frankly, they do not know how to deal with him anymore. He's not the same person. And I say that with all the love in my heart that I could possibly I say for my husband, but he's not the same person anymore. He changed in an instant. He was gone. Well, God bless but, you for this. We're, we're running short on time, and I'm going to have to have you back again in the future. Let's talk again about your nonprofit. Tell people where they get more okay. information. Okay, so the nonprofit is Operation Homeland Honor. The website is OperationHomelandHonor.org. And I have several books on Amazon. One of them is called Caregiving Without Going Crazy. You could look at my name on Amazon. There are actually six books. They're Christian-based books that have scripture and, and supports with strategies that will help you survive caregiving. It's not an easy task. 
the nonprofit, nobody gets paid salaries. It's an all-volunteer organization. I have a team already right now set up to do retreats for injured officers, but there's just not the funding across the country. And what we need is the funding so that we can, even if workers' compensation does not, but we can provide a place of retreat for injured officers and their families to come in and, and have support. Well, I appreciate and have it. Love and, support. and we'll definitely keep in touch. Kay Rayner, thanks so much for spending time with us today. It's very much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you for having me. On behalf of everyone associated with the show and the website, this is John J. Wiley. Until next time, see ya. Mm-hmm.